scary basement. Each week, me and my friend Roxy are drawn inexplicably and supernaturally to this basement, which is full of big leeches, ghosts, holding change that represent something, a new kind of mold that can control your brain, and a roller coaster that someone died on once. I'm Mikey McCaller. I'm Roxy Polk. <laughs> Roxy, let's start out, as we always do, with the scariest thing that happened to us this week. What went down in your life? outside of the scary basement that spooked you to your bones. It was actually quite a uh, horror movie setup, actually. How do you feel about spiders, Mikey? You know, I've never gotten the spider fear. I understand intellectually that a lot of people are afraid of spiders. I think I could uh, uh, handle a spider. Spiders on their own, for me, are fine. I will either kill them or let them outside. Those are the two options. Mostly kill them, though, if they're inside my house. They're fine. I'm fine with them outside. But I encountered quite quite a few of them inside recently because Portland in early or like late spring, early summer is just known as spider season. And if you leave open you have spider season, yeah, it's it's spider season. If you leave open your windows, even if you have screens, they'll get in. And I wanted some fresh air because I could finally open my windows. And uh, I regretted it because a lot of spiders got in. Wow, have any of them uh, bit you and left a big wound that gets bigger and bigger and eventually will pop with baby spiders? Uh, No, I did not reenact the spot from scary stories to tell in the dark or whatever. Urban (laughs) myths have told me that that is very likely to happen. But what if I got the opposite and had a good thing happen and became like Spider Woman or something? Hey, that would be fine. Huh? Yeah, and like your power was that you could just pop your wounds at supervillains as they're robbing a bank and shoot the baby spiders at them. Have you ever watched or read anything Spider-Man related, Mikey? Yeah, yeah. I remember the the best Spider-Man story. He gets bit by a radioactive spider. Uh, His arm pops and baby spiders crawl out. (laughs) I think that sounds like a nightmare you had once. (laughs) And then he's eaten by the Green Goblin. (laughs) Famously known for eating Spider-Man. That's true. I forgot about that plot point. I'll, t- I'll tell you about the uh, scariest thing that happened to me this week. I went to my chiropractor. Okay. And uh, he was cracking my back, right? Uh-huh. And uh, when he cracked it specifically, I heard, Roxy, I heard a voice. I heard a whisper. A whisper. It was like, like from crack, 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 the end is near. Wait, from your bones or from the chiropractor? Crack, 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 the falcon cannot hear the falconeer. <laughs> what? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> is it possible that my spine is haunted? Okay, so it was your spine making this noise, not not the uh, the chiropractor whispering in your ear very creepily to try and it's, make you think it's things. It's so much worse if it's the creepy chiropractor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely one of those two. Well, I'm scared for you either way. Either you have a haunted spine or you have a, a creepy chiropractor who's trying to make you think some unpleasant things. Neither of which hey, is a good outcome for you. Uh, two things can be true at once. That that's true. Um, maybe you could go to a new chiropractor and see if you still hear it. Then, then you'll know at least. <laughs> Process of elimination. That that strikes me as a horror sequel. <laughs> Part two, haunted chiropractor. Oh oh god, Roxy, it's him. It's Demon Bot. Oh shit. Greetings, mortals. Did you watch the 1979 Ridley Scott film Alien starring Sigourney Weaver, Tom Skerritt, and Ian Holm? Or are your souls forfeit? Yeah, it was like a good movie, right? Yeah, super sick. <laughs> good. Then you may keep your souls. Roxy, we did it. Yes! Our souls. All right. We did it. <laughs> For now. 
you'd think after this many times we get it by now, but... Every time if, I fall for it, I What, what if one of these times is real, though? What? <laughs> Give up hope. Please prove that you have watched the film by summarizing the plot. Roxy, we did watch the film Alien. It's from the year 1979. It's directed by the man himself, Ridley Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I respect him. I don't know why I said it like that. It's very weird. Roxy, for anyone listening at the scary basement cellar door who has not seen Alien, what do you say we give them a plot recap? Okay, sounds good to me. Let's all be on the same page. We open on the spaceship Nostromo and its sleepy, sleepy crew. They're not lazy, they're just in stasis. The gang wakes up when the Nostromo detects an SOS signal, and international law states, you gotta look into an SOS signal. So the ship lands on the surface of a hostile planet, and three of its crew, Dallas, Kane, and Lambert, go out to explore the crashed ship. They find not only the giant alien skeleton, space jockey, as I think people end up calling him later, but a batch of eggs in the planet's basement. Planet? Yes. Wait, ship's basement. In the ship's basement. In the ship's basement, <laughs> where Kane takes a newly hatched uh, spider-like alien to the face when he decides to put his whole face, basically, in the alien pod. When Dallas and Lambert try to bring Kane back to the ship, Ripley says no. Quarantine procedure says she has to wait for 24 hours outside of the ship. Literally no one else cares. And science officer Ash lets Kane and the boys back aboard, even though Kane's Kane's face is still literally being hugged by the creature. Later, Kane wakes up. Uh, the crew celebrates with a hot meal before they pop back into a uh, cryo sleep after checking out the signal. But unfortunately, um, <laughs> K- Kane has a bad time doing dinner. He ruins it completely when a uh, xenomorph bursts out of his chest and everybody looks on and screams in terror. And uh, the crew splits up to go find the uh, escaped xenomorph. After Engineer Brett is killed by the now man-sized alien, Captain Dallas goes after the thing in the air vent. It doesn't go well. (laughs) The alien grabs him as well. So now with Ripley in charge, she accesses the ship's computer system, uh, which is called Mother for some reason, only to find out that the crew's mission was to make contact with the alien all along. And all of a sudden, Ash is attacking Ripley. And Parker saves Ripley by clubbing him in the head, which reveals Ash to be an android, uh, which is why he had no no worries about following this horrible mission. Yeah, he was right on board. Ridley has Parker hook up the old robo-Ash to see if he knows how to kill the alien. Instead, the digital bastard speaks of the alien with reverence. He doesn't give Ripley a good chance to survive. He says, oh, God, guys, uh, not looking good for you. Parker solves the problem of the sassy robot, as he solves most of his problems by shooting it with fire. (laughs) That's when Ripley decides to simply blow up the entire ship with the alien in it. And that's when the alien decides to murder both Parker and Lambert. So it's down to just Ripley and the uh, cat Jonesy, who don't forget Jonesy. Jonesy's been here this whole time. After activating the self-destruct system, Ripley finds the alien in her way, making her unable to get into the small shuttle which would have ostensibly taken her to safety. Ripley then blows past the alien and gets to the ship, not only unscathed, but with the ship's local bodega cab Jonesy in tow. She makes it out right as the Nostromo explodes. (laughs) 
Then in the escape pod, she finds the alien still inside. It very smartly snuck onto the ship. Uh, Ripley throws a spacewalk costume on and opens the airlock to send the monster out into space. But she uh, used a bow gun to like kind of push it outside so it's still kind of attached. So it's trying to climb back in. Then with one last burst, she activates the ship's engine and it burns up the alien and sends it a pack in out into space <laughs> for real this time. <laughs> And Ripley finally records the audio log um, to send to her horrible, shitty employers, telling them that uh, she's still alive uh, and maybe she'll be able to get back to Earth in a certain amount of time. Ripley oh. out, she says, before Ripley the worst. Out. Yeah, Ripley out. Okay. She drops the mic and then realizes, uh, uh, oh no, I don't want to drop this. This is an important piece of company property. <laughs> They'll charge me for this. They're going to dock me for this. <laughs> That's the plot recap, folks. Roxy, did you like this movie or what? I love this movie. I I love it a lot. It's probably one of my favorite horror movies and probably sci-fi movies, honestly. This and The Thing right up there for me. What about you, Mikey? I thought it was so great. I had such a great time. I was tense. Um, It does feel like the order to watch these movies in is... Alien first, and then The Thing. I can see that. I mean, timeline-wise, that's how they were created. So are it you feels, thinking kind it, of like because aliens ex- or alien exists, The Thing exists? It seems like there's a little bit of like stepping on each other's toes thematically. They're kind of dealing with the same thing, the lack of trust, the notion that like who in this crew is part of our team and who is working against us. And this is kind of like a more basic extrapolation of that. There is a clear monster. There's no subterfuge to it. And the twist midway through that homeboy is an alien. What's his name? Science officer. uh, Oh, no. Ash Ash is an android. I was watching this movie and I was like, why? (laughs) Why why would he be an android? So he can just follow the the company directives, I guess. A human person would have a problem with all of this. An android being told to do a thing wouldn't. That's true. That's probably, that's actually almost exactly the reason why. But it it was so funny to me because it was like, that movie could have existed without him becoming an android. Well, something I also didn't know until, honestly, this most recent time I watched it is that they made Ash to look like a person that I think people had worked with before or something. Oh. Like. Is this canon? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Um, so he he's like supposed to look like an actual person who was a science officer to try and make the subterfuge go even further in that So it's way. like people would, it was like when you are having a dream and it's like somebody is your aunt, but they're not your aunt. It was like, this is like the science officer I know, but it's not the science officer I know. Yeah, exactly. It's essentially been like replaced. So there's sort of a pod people kind of wow. <laughs> feeling to this, that. <laughs> this company built an incredible spaceship. They can make androids. They can do a lot of things. That is their smartest idea. Yeah. <laughs> Guess to so. just make us subtly comfortable. <laughs> he looks like a science guy, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, I could see that. <laughs> the Is- actor who plays Ash looks a lot like my ninth grade physical science teacher, Mr. Sherva. His first name was Richard, and he definitely went by Dick. I don't know why I heard so many people using his first name normally, but I heard him <laughs> referred to as Dick Sherva all the time. Uh, and what a, what a science-looking guy. <laughs> Did I just call out... Oh, an old science teacher on... Hey, I hope he listens. So I was just looking this up and I was like, yeah, is he? He's Bilbo also in Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. 
Oh, like old okay. Bilbo. I was like, I think that's Bilbo, isn't it? <laughs> it's a and really it good is. idea to design your science officer android to look like Bilbo. <laughs> yeah. The most uh, noted scientific character of all time, of course. <laughs> How do you feel about sleeping on a ship like this? Like, I am so freaked out at the idea of going into cryo sleep and waking up and something could have gone wrong. It could have been gone for a long time. The apocalypse could have happened. How do you feel? I think in general, speaking as someone who has lived their entire life where that is not like a possibility, it's a very <laughs> big life-changing thing. What I'm thinking of, okay, what I'm thinking of by saying that is that these characters live in a world where that's something they're used to. It's probably mm. something they've accepted, a concept that, you know, wouldn't be so weird, especially when it comes to space travel, you know, for things taking years and years at a time, it, it's a lot easier to just go to sleep and wake up and suddenly two years have passed, but you don't have to waste those two years. Do you ever have anything in your life that you wish, like, I wish I could just press pause on these next two years and get through it? Not to make this too political. I don't really want to talk about this at all. So why am I even bringing it up? <laughs> I do remember feeling that way about the Trump administration. Yeah, I mean. I, Thinking, like, it would be cool to just go to sleep and then we'll wake up in four years and just see. We'll just check in. We'll just check in. See where we're at. Uh, I think for, like, big chunks of time, especially if it's the the idea of doing that when you're on Earth. You know, these people are doing it in service of a job. So it's not like they're necessarily putting stuff on hold. They'd be putting their family life, you know, and kind of the world around them back on Earth on hold. But they're still doing it like in service of their job, I guess. Mm -hmm. So they're still working. Yeah. So Do you think they're getting paid just for the hours that they're awake? Yeah. You know, I never thought about that. That's a good question. What is that? <laughs> They they're not getting in. paid enough, no matter how much they're being paid, especially because the whole concept is that they're like space truckers, quote unquote. So they're kind of mm -hmm. supposed to be more working class, you know, even though they have like a science officer, it's not really the point of the mission. They're just supposed well, truckers to be today always carry a science officer with them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what that back compartment's for. There's just one old man who's just like, well, you know, if you put salt in ice water, it freezes faster. <laughs> is that true? <laughs> that was my one memory that I have from physical science in ninth grade with Dick Sherva, where I was trying to do an, an experiment where you would put ice water in the freezer and it would freeze and you'd, you'd have two of them and you'd have one with salt in it and one without and you'd see which one would freeze faster. And I always got it wrong. I remember I turned it into him and he was just like, "This, you got the wrong answer. <laughs> Wait, so is it really salt water or is it really fresh water then? I don't... I, I honestly yeah, don't, don't remember, know. but whichever one whichever one I tested and came to the conclusion it was, he was like, that's not the case. Okay, I, I need to look this up now. We need to look you this don't. up. I do. <laughs> it couldn't matter less. <laughs> Can I tell you my big idea for cryosleep that I think would really benefit my life? Okay. I would love to go to cryosleep right now for maybe like six years and then wake up and watch all the Marvel movies that came out. Like, how sick would that be? There'd be like 30 Marvel movies. There'd be like a new Avengers. I, that's true. And then you get everybody's takes on them or wouldn't have to suffer through everybody's takes online. about them. I would only be out. able to read the takes I want to read. That sounds amazing. Exactly. My family would all be older. <laughs> would have missed me. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I kind of, oh man, this is going to be maybe difficult to describe. Did you ever watch Dragon Ball Z? <laughs> like he 
Dragon Ball Z Absolutely at all. Not. Okay. Well, they had no, this thing never. where like they could train really quickly where basically it was a place like the zone you could enter into and time was slower on the outside world. So you could go inside and like train for months and it would just be like two days or something mm-hmm. passing in r- the real world. That's the thing I more want because then I can go and like sleep or get a bunch Catch of work done sleep. and don't have to worry about <laughs> deadlines. How sad that we both immediately went to sleep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, Roxy, what would you say was the scariest point of this movie? There's so many good parts to it, honestly. Um, I can tell you mine. I definitely was freaked out when he's crawl when um who was it uh, the captain Dallas, Dallas maybe yeah he's crawling through the vents and first of all he has both a flashlight and a flamethrower which I really liked the commitment to light uh-huh. <laughs> that was important to me. <laughs> Uh, that to me was like peak alien. That was like, okay, we're alone. We're in a corridor. And then Roxy, when he finally finds the alien, it's the silliest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I love in my that life. part. It looks like he's like, give me a hug. He, he, <laughs> he like, he like throws his palms up like the Pan's Labyrinth guy. <laughs> and, and he's just like, hello. <laughs> and it's very, it's got like this, it's got such like aunt who's coming to visit from Nebraska energy. <laughs> Oh, that's that. So that was the scariest scare of the entire movie for you, Mikey. That's the scariest scare or that just... got me, and then I watched it again and uh, reveled in it. <laughs> I saw this movie initially when I was very young. I think how old? Like one? I no, <laughs> not that young. Probably like middle school or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so debatably, maybe too young. I don't know. I'm I'm glad my parents let me watch it when I was that age. I think we went through this period where my dad was like, hey, let's watch some cool sci-fi movies that I watched before. So, like, I remember watching Blade Runner around the same time and the Star Wars movies. And I can't remember what else. But Alien was one of them. (laughs) That's so cool. But so it's hard to remember what scared me the most when I was a kid from those scenes. But rewatching it again, I don't think I'd initially seen the director's cut. So which which version of the movie did you see, Mikey? Did you see the theatrical or director's cut? I want to say I saw the director's cut. What, okay. what are some broad strokes changes between them? So it's a little bit like one minute shorter with an extra scene added as well. So one of the things they added the, the is... The director's cut is shorter? Yes. Yeah. Hmm. What scene did he add? So they added a scene where you actually see Dallas's fate. So did you see... Oh, no, I don't think I did. Okay. It's... Uh... Oh, wait, he got... He got gooped up in the goo. Yeah. And he literally just like ass Ripley like kill me. Mm-hmm. And that that is probably the most damning part of it, I think, because he's just in horrible agony being turned into something he has no control over and would literally be flamethrowered in the face and just die from it. And then Ripley is the one who has to do it as well. And she does a very good job of, like, acting incredibly anguished over that because that would mm-hmm. fucking suck. Your friend, like, co-worker is asking you to kill them. Roxy, you and me are kind of like co-workers. <laughs> would true. you... Would you kill me if I asked you to? Because I'm telling you right now, I would not kill you. If I like, asked I you to, you wouldn't? I wouldn't. I'd be like, sorry, Rox. Oh my god, Mikey, I can't trust you at all. I would definitely kill you if you asked me to kill you. I would I would never stop looking for a cure. <laughs> a cure to alien transmutation. <laughs> a, a cure to whatever happens to you. Be it alien transmutation. Be it werewolfism. Be it getting laser sliped in Resident Evil. <laughs> Uh, I would never stop cube. working until I can re-cube you back together. 
<laughs> uncube. <laughs> well, I appreciate yeah. that sentiment, Mikey, but at the same time, if there's like absolutely no way to save me, like if I'm a zombie, you got to shoot me too. Nope, I would find. A I cure. can't make this pact with you. You've betrayed me. <laughs> Does that mean you want the same thing then? That if you say or if you tell me oh. to kill you, or will you just never give me that option? <laughs> now I'm almost worried you'll be too quick to jump the gun to killing me. You'd be like too eager. You'd be like, well, I don't want you listen, to suffer. You you broke your arm. I don't want you to suffer. <laughs> gonna put you out of your misery <laughs> roxy i broke my arm right outside the hospital <laughs> too, too bad no, and you're just gotta... like cocking your gun <laughs> spinning the chamber sorry <laughs> i just don't want you to suffer flipping it around doing gun tricks that's pretty tight roxy what would you say is the big idea of this movie oh gosh there's i i feel like this movie is dealing with a lot of things honestly i actually really had a hard time with this one yeah i i did too I think one of, not one of, God, how do I even start? Uh, overall, I'd say the biggest overarching thing is just that this company views people as disposable. Capitalism views individuals as mm. disposable, just cogs in the machine to be used and ground up however they see fit. Um, yeah. And that is why this entire thing happened in the first place. It's just they didn't mm. care about the crew. They just saw potential in this horrible thing like what are they gonna do with it that's the thing too what are you gonna turn it into a weapon or just like drop it on a antagonist country or planet like how do you even weaponize this it's it's silly it's stupid you don't, you don't weaponize it roxy what do, what you do you do franchise it you <laughs> add the alien to the disney cinematic universe oh it's so cute this is family friendly it's perfect <laughs> It's very funny to me that, like, the company was just trying to write stories about the alien, and they would get it back, and they would just be like, we can make t-shirts, we can make amusement parks, we'll get a 7-Eleven Slurpee deal with the alien. Do you think that Disney is going to do that someday? We'll get an alien ride at Disneyland or something, since the, they the own alien? Fox now. Okay, I don't, I don't know who owns Speaking what Speaking of mega anymore. corporations. If Alien is not in the new Space Jam movie, I will eat my hat. <laughs> oh, no. Well, okay, that... you said it here, so now everybody's going to hold you to it. Yeah, I will eat one hat. Okay. This hat you're wearing, describe this hat you're wearing. Uh, it's a it's like a baseball cap. It's uh, it's red and it says OU on it. I don't know what that logo oh. uh, stands for. Okay, I was I was wondering. I was like, oh, is that like your favorite team or something? Your yeah, university no. team? It's a mystery. Yeah, nobody will ever know. But uh, I got into a lot of things with this movie. Like, first of all, I'm kind of afraid to keep saying that the big idea of all of these movies could just be being a woman. Well, I mean, that's a big part of it, too. The gaslighting of <laughs> There's like... very much her being like, hey, there's an obvious answer to this. And everybody's saying like, no, there's not. You're crazy. I'm going to let my alien infected friend into the ship. Yeah. Uh, so she's just like not being listened to. She's not being taken taken seriously and then the other thing is the way that the alien specifically attacks is through incubation is through like impregnation yes it's very upsetting a, a truly upsetting creature that is wrapping itself around the throats of these people putting itself in your mouth apparently and depositing a xenomorph and then it kills you on the way out too <laughs> to right. make it even more horrifying <laughs> I mean, if that's not a pregnancy metaphor, yeah. 
I mean, it's kind of scary that nobody's taking uh, Ripley seriously, and then when the dude has a bad experience with pregnancy, they're like, well, this has gone off the rails. Yeah. It's uh, a a thing I'm pretty sure every woman who is listening or female presenting person who is listening can attest to that people just, not people, (laughs) (laughs) men most often, uh, (laughs) not most often, but at one point I'm sure you've had a man not take you seriously or talk down to you. Oh, I'm rarely taken seriously. (laughs) We all know that about you, Mikey. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a joke, (laughs) To, to be clear. People, uh, there no, are a lot not. of women who deserve to be taken seriously who are not taken seriously. Yes, yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, and that's what's so frustrating about this movie. It's like, the, and actually, I guess what's kind of so interesting about this movie also is like, I could easily see a framing of this where Ripley is the villain because she's like, go, like if our hero had the creature wrapped around them and it seemed less severe. Like, if they just got, like, sliced by the monster and then, like, had a bad cut and they were like, let us in. They're like, nope, gotta do quarantine. And it's like, it was a character we were super invested in if we had already put ourselves into the eyes of the protagonist who was on the other end of the quarantine. That movie plays a lot different than all of a sudden we're, like, really frustrated with the the tough, hard-nosed rules person who is keeping our hero from getting into the ship. But, like, we're watching this movie and we're like, oh, of course not. Of course don't bring that alien into your ship. That's Yeah, I think that that would make me think worse of the hero, though, if that was the case. Because I he shouldn't, or they shouldn't be putting themselves before everybody mm. else's safety in that sense. But I will say that they kind of do this thing in the movie where they don't really make it clear who is the main character until sort of the halfway point. And I think they mm. do that on purpose so you can't really tell who who's going to be you know, the final character or final characters. Um, And they actually wrote these characters without gender in mind initially. They all kind of just gave them, they go by their last names and everything. And it wasn't until like one of the later stages of writing the movie that they actually decided to make Ripley female, I believe. Yeah, I read that. I actually went and found the alien script and read that. And they have these short little descriptors of these characters and say the characters are all unisex and be, and can be played by a man or a woman. Yeah. Which makes me less inclined to think that it has anything to do with the struggles of being a woman. Yeah, I think it's more about the paranoia and group dynamics and things that you were talking mm-hmm. about. Very similar to the thing in that respect, although it's not like one of us could be an alien. They don't, like, you would not even suspect that Ash is working against the crew to, like, kill them. Like zero he, clues, Roxy. Yeah, zero he, clues that this man was an android. Because he you was don't just even a know androids. Man. Yeah, you don't know androids even exist in this universe right. until that happens. So it's like, oh, what? <laughs> Roxy, name me a movie that would be made better if halfway through it was arbitrarily revealed that a character just so happened to be an android. Because I think there are a lot of movies that are made better. There's not a single movie I can think of that isn't better <laughs> if they aren't halfway through a character is an android. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean... Disney's Aladdin. They just hit Raja the tiger in the head with a baseball bat and he starts spewing out milk blood. <laughs> Why would they hit him with a baseball bat in the first place, though? Probably because he's sending them back to the company. Oh, I see. The yes, company the... in this film being Jafar. Oh, no. He's been working for Jafar the whole time. Not the kitty. Uh, it's not as fun on, in Marvel movies because a lot of those characters could be androids. 
Yes, that's true. And some of I them think it has are. To be a movie that we don't realize androids are in play, such as Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan in You've Got Mail. Uh, that would certainly make it more interesting. I would actually watch You've Got Mail <laughs> if one of them Roxy, was an it's android. Re- it's really good, <laughs> even without androids. That's one of those movies that maybe I saw like at a sleepover or something as a kid, but like I don't really remember it. I just know it kind of as a cultural thing, like the base points, like, oh, they fall in love because they talk on AOL Messenger or something. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, believe me, you'd remember it. Roxy, on a scale of one to nine, because ten does not exist in the scary basement, how likely is this film, Alien, not You've Got Mail, (laughs) to happen? Well, I'd say the idea of future corporations sacrificing human crew for possible profit is 100% possible. Mm-hmm. But this very specific alien thing, that that's that's where it gets me. So mm-hmm. I feel like I cop out and do a halfway score every single time. I'm going to do a little bit higher because I think the corporation sacrificing crews for profit is higher. I'm going to say a seven. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm saying eight. Oh, okay. It's incredibly likely that, as you said, capitalism will drive corporations not even further mad, (laughs) as mad as they are. Yeah. It is very likely that we will run into an alien creature that will be hostile. Um, And it is very likely that when I say, hey, we're in quarantine, don't come in here, people will fucking come in anyway. Yeah. (laughs) That part hits different now. It sure does. (laughs) This movie is a nine. <laughs> yeah, I guess it should be a nine, really. Maybe we should... Ch- I think I'm changing my score to a nine as well. <laughs> it's This movie is a future documentary. <laughs> Just didn't In the know same way that You've Got Mail was a future documentary about how we would find love <laughs> ten years later. Uh, let's not talk about You've Got Mail anymore. <laughs> it is time to collect your souls. I mean, it is time to collect your bets. Last week we made a bet. How many total pieces of alien media have been released between movies, video games, comics? That's it. That's all I looked for. <laughs> and then I stopped. Uh, I said 30. Okay. And I said 40. Here was my count, Roxy. Okay. Oh, my God. I'm ready for this. There are six movies. Mm-hmm. So if we stopped there, I would win. <laughs> I mean, as the lower number, yes. Roxy, there are 46 alien video games. Wait, just the video game? That's not even the comics. Just video games. How is there, there that? There are what? so many alien games. There's like mobile games. There is alien versus predator games. Oh. There are Atari Jaguar alien games. It's on every system. Is this every like system including every time an alien is included in something? Because then Fortnite counts. The Xenomorph and Ripley are in Fortnite now. There are 47 video games. Oh, my God. Because I just added Fortnite. And then (laughs) I don't know how much of these are just like the same comic series, but I went to the list of alien comics. Roxy, there are 53 alien titles. Jesus. And that's. Yeah, how many single issues are in that, too? Well, that's what I mean. Like, if they are just, like, single issues, I'm inclined to just say that they count. But, like, there were different titles. Yeah, titles. So I got to 105 pieces of alien media before I just said, you know what? Roxy won. Wow. I mean, (laughs) we were both lowballed it so much. I can't even believe that. We really did. That's insane. Incredible how many pieces of alien merchandise. And that's just as of the... This day in 2021. 
<laughs> Who knows how many more there's going to be. <laughs> you know, Roxy, it was pretty easy for the alien to get around in the air vents. Like, do you ever wonder what's in our air vents? Oh, uh, it's probably nothing. <laughs> I'm just going to open up the air vents really quick here and check. Oh my god, it's full of snacks. Whoa, uh, snacks. Cool. We got Nature Valley bars and goldfish and freaking gushers up in here. Roxy, did you know about these? Uh, okay, yes, I did. Uh, I get hungry sometimes when we're trapped down here in the scary basement, so I started running to Costco and bringing back a bunch of snacks. Well, why didn't you just put them in the scary basement cupboard? Were you hiding them from me? Would you blame me if I was? You did eat my leftover quesadilla right out of the scary basement fridge. Dude, I told you I didn't eat your quesadilla. It was probably one of the other hundreds of monsters who lived down here. Oh yeah? Like who? Dracula? He only eats blood, Mikey. And half of these guys down here don't even have opposable thumbs to open up a fridge anyway. That's a great point. <gasps> Did you hear that? It came from the air vents. Uh, probably nothing. Oh my god, Roxy, there's a man up here in the air vents. Uh, take a picture. It'll last longer. Uh, whoa, uh, a man in the vents. I had no idea about that. Hi, Roxy. Roxy, do you also know the filthy, scraggly man living in our vents? Uh, okay, fine. I know him, too. That's my friend Tyler. He got into a fight with his wife and needed a place to stay, so I offered him the scary basement, because where else do I have to put a friend in need? I'm on the run from my family. Roxy, how long ago was that? Um, a couple of months. Roxy, you know there's no shower in the scary basement, right? This man is filthy. <laughs> he is definitely what's been smelling so bad down here lately. Well, at least he would never eat my leftover quesadilla, which was clearly marked with my name in the shared fridge. Why does that justify housing a stinky man in the scary basement? I don't know, but I was really mad when I went to eat the rest of that quesadilla and it wasn't in the fridge. Hey, uh, there's uh, more stuff up here in the air vent. All right, gross guy. I'm going to keep looking through the vent. Hey, Roxy, is this a voodoo doll of me? It was a steak quesadilla, Mikey. The best kind of quesadilla. You know that. Why is its leg all twisted like this? I thought I broke my leg when I was blackout drunk. I got that quesadilla specifically to eat half later. All right. If this is such a big deal, I will Venmo you right now for that quesadilla. But I'm not hungry now. Well, then what do you want me to do? I didn't need it. Just admit it. Admit you ate my quesadilla. Hey, uh, here's your quesadilla. Uh, say again? It was, uh, up here in the vents. Uh, oh. Oh, okay, that's right. I put the quesadilla in the vents, didn't I? Why did you do that? I was really afraid you'd eat it. Now it's all stale. Tyler, why didn't you tell me my quesadilla was up in the vents when I was looking for it before? I was afraid you'd think I took it and make a voodoo doll out of me. Okay, that's fair. Roxy, you blame me for taking your quesadilla when it really was up in the vents this whole time? <laughs> wow, this is ridiculous. <laughs> you have so much egg on your face. <laughs> <laughs> I sure do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to seal this vent back up. Wait, I'll be trapped. God, Demonbot, on his way. Demonbot. Congratulations. You have completed your analysis of your assigned film. 
For next week, you must watch the 2011 film Your Next, directed by Adam Wingard and starring Shani Vinson, Joe Swanberg, and A.J. Bowen. If you do not, you shall forfeit your souls and I will claim your bodies as my own. You, you up for watching uh, Your Next, Roxy? Oh yeah, I am looking forward to watching this. Uh, We gotta make a bet about this movie. Okay, let's, let's one do thing, it. One thing I know, we gotta make a bet about this. <laughs> okay. Uh, you got you got a bet, right? Yeah, sure. How about um, what is the final kill count for your next, Mikey? What okay. do you think? Um, I haven't seen your next. It's a movie about uh, it's like a lady who gets invited to her family's uh, uh her in her new in laws house, right? And the in-laws uh, are yeah, change. I think she's just dating the guy. I don't even know if they're engaged okay. or anything. It's gonna, been a while since nine. I've seen it. Okay, it's been a while since I've seen it, so I don't necessarily have... I feel have... like there's going to be a scene where, like, six people are, like, over a trap, and she, like, activates it, and they all <laughs> fall into a, a incinerator pit. <laughs> you know, just your regular incinerator pit in the living room. Uh... Again, name me one movie that doesn't get better if halfway through, six characters or more fall into an incinerator pit. And one of them's an android, or maybe the android's pulling the lever. <laughs> Again, Disney's Aladdin. <laughs> well, that'll be uh, Mikey's director's cut for, for the movie Aladdin. <laughs> I think I'm going to guess uh, six then. I'm going to guess six okay. people. Great. We will find out the answer next week. Ooh. No reason to say that's scary. I mean, why not? <laughs> I guess everything's scary here. <laughs> yeah. It's all on brand. The pact has been sealed. I mean, the bet is confirmed. Whoever is closer to the final body count shall be the winner and will join me in a marathon of Hotline Miami. Roxy, let's get out of this scary basement with something that's making us happy. What's What's got you happy in the world that's not scary? Uh, okay. Let's see. Recently, I've been reading a lot more manga after, like, not really reading any manga for what feels like years. Not quite sure how long it's been. but so You it's- love manga. I, I do. Uh, it's just I know that about you. <laughs> it's true. Uh, so I've been reading a couple different titles now. It's been been a lot of fun getting back into that and getting jazzed about making comics again. And you haven't seen any characters in these mangas who look suspiciously like you and who are maybe living through their days in a similar way that you live through your days and then met a tragic end, right? Um, I haven't read that particular short horror story, but I'm sure it exists somewhere. <laughs> that, seems, that seems like a trope, right? <laughs> yeah. You're reading a story, you're reading a story and it's like, oh, this character is me. <laughs> be so boring though. They'd just be like, oh, stays up too late, sits at a desk all day. Very spooky. Mm-hmm. And one day you well, die. Okay. So it would be like, <laughs> wow, this is a really boring story. But then when that character in the book gets laser cubed, you'd be like, oh God, I hope I don't go to any laser cubes villas this weekend <laughs> are you kidding me i'd love to go to a laser cube villa now i, Dude, I haven't I've been definitely out of had the days there i'm so like long. i am ready to get to a laser cube <laughs> yeah, villa. Just, let me check out this laser cube villa what about you mikey what's been making you happy well i just got back from denver colorado where i got to go see some family you know i'm fully vaccinated now Heck i can yeah. travel freely uh I have had a couple of nieces and nephews that have been born and who have, you know, become gone from that like baby age to like two and a half years old ish when they're like start to become people. Oh, so you can like actually kind of talk to them. (laughs) 
Exactly. Yeah. It occurred over the pandemic. So it'd been so long since I'd seen my little niece. I went and saw her and she's just like the coolest kid. She's so funny and she's got a ton of energy. Um, She bit into a tortilla and said, this is just bad toast. And I was like, (laughs) damn, you're right. (laughs) So that was really cool. Um, There was one unfortunate part. Uh, She does have this tendency to look in a mirror and then she looks away and her reflection keeps looking the way she was looking. And the reflection always looks angrier mm, than she does. Okay, got so, so that's disquieting. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, did you inform her parents about this? So they ne- know they need to watch out for their haunted child or haunted mirrors. No, because I don't want her to get in trouble. I want to be the cool uncle. Okay. Yeah. I so mean. So whatever kind of occult <laughs> shit she gets into, I'm just going to be like, cool uncle Mikey is down <laughs> to <laughs> help you bury a body if you need to. <laughs> she knows you've got her back. That's important for family. I got her back. You know? <laughs> Roxy, each week, the demon bot hires a new monster to guard the basement door and keep us from escaping. And each week we still escape, which is pretty cool about us. (laughs) We're very good at what we do, Mikey, which is running for our lives. (laughs) This week, however, we have to get past a new guardsman of the basement. And uh, I have a plan to get past him. Okay, cool. What's your plan? Okay. I'm going to throw an empty beer bottle. Okay. It's going to distract him. Uh Uh-huh. So he runs one way and we run the other. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Because he thinks he he hears a sound from afar, and he's like, okay, I'll go follow that sound. Okay. Ready? Okay, let's creep up the stairs. All right. Does it? The guardsman this week is an inside-out horse. Oh, goodness. Okay, hand me the empty bottle. Okay, here you go. Oh, the bottle's not empty yet. Oh, chug. Here, hold on. Let me me just handle this. Chug, 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 chug. Chuck, Chuck, you can do it. I believe in you. Okay, I'm gonna... Maybe you should get... I'm gonna ma- throw the bottle. Ma- maybe give me the bottle, Mikey? Maybe, Roxy. Maybe let me do it. Give it! No. <laughs> God damn it. Don't take. Don't take. Mikey, God damn it! why do you have to be taller than me? I can't reach that. That's cheating. I'll throw it and run. Uh, uh, I don't feel and good about this. And then it just slips out of my hand. God damn it. Okay, you definitely heard that. Just run, run. It's inside out. Maybe it can't see us. <laughs>